Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm so excited that you all took the time to take a listen to the episode today. And I hope that you are all having a fabulous week. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about the concept of bonds, as well as specifically I-bonds. I-bonds in particular have been very popular in the finance news lately, and we will talk about what I-bonds are, as well as why they have gained in popularity recently. But let's first discuss what a bond is. So bonds are something that you can invest in. They are different than stocks. I've definitely talked a lot about stocks on the podcast, and stocks are where you can purchase a small portion of a company and invest in it. And when the value of that company increases, then the stock increases. And sometimes those companies pay out dividends, which is money on top of your investment as well. So stocks are a wonderful way to build wealth, particularly if you consider investing in low-cost and broad-based index funds. And now is time for that reminder that keep in mind, I am not a financial expert. I am simply a PA that wants to spread the news about financial independence to other current PAs as well as future PAs so that hopefully they can learn to gain control of their future, which can also help in preventing burnout. So if you do have any questions, consider talking to a financial expert, perhaps a fee-only fiduciary CFP if you are interested. I talked a lot about index funds back on episode 12, but these are great to invest in because you are purchasing a small share of many companies. So that helps with diversification and can help lower the risk. And if you purchase ones that are low cost, then you are able to really benefit from the power of compound interest over the years. Most investments have some fees, although there are some index funds, depending on the company, that have zero fees, which are pretty great. But if they are higher feed index funds or investments in general, those fees can really eat away at your growth with time. So you won't have as much wealth in the future. But let's get back to bonds. So bonds are essentially where you as the investor lend money to a borrower, such as a company or cities, other types of governments, states, etc. And those companies and governments use the funds to cover the cost for different projects that they're working on or even operational costs. So keep in mind that this is a loan, meaning that you eventually will get your money back. But in the meantime, either the government or the company are paying you interest. Usually the interest is not a very large percentage, unlike the amount of interest you can often earn in the stock market. 
However, in the stock market, when you're investing by purchasing small shares or portions of companies, it can be incredibly volatile, especially if you are investing in individual stocks, meaning individual companies. I just heard recently that Peloton, for example, their stock dropped a huge amount recently, and they actually have a large surplus of their equipment because people just haven't been buying their equipment as much as they had been back with the pandemic. But if you are in the total stock market with your stocks, you may own a small share of Peloton, so that part might have dropped, but you likely own many other shares of other companies. So it's probably growing overall with time. But even with a diversified stock portfolio, volatility, meaning ups and downs, is very common. So it's sort of like a roller coaster. Bonds are a lot more conservative because you are getting that interest paid to you over the course of a period of time until you get your loan paid back as well. So it's really not volatile. It doesn't go up and down like the stock market. So some will choose to have some bonds in their portfolio, which again is the whole picture of their investments, because it allows for some more diversification, meaning you are investing in another thing, but yet you're being conservative, meaning that you will very likely know what the return on your investment will be with time. So bonds can help kind of steady the ride, so to speak. So your overall portfolio might be going up and down a little bit because some of the stocks in the portfolio, but it won't be as drastic ups and downs if you have some bonds. It kind of helps level off the highs and level off the lows, so to speak. There is a somewhat standard rule of thumb out there in the finance industry that suggests owning your age in bonds, which means if you are a 31-year-old like myself, you would have 31% of your portfolio in bonds and then 69% of your portfolio in stocks or other types of investments like REITs or real estate or etc. Now, many can find that rule to be seemingly a bit too conservative for their taste, so they may instead use something called either the 110 rule or the 120 rule, which means that you can subtract your age from 110 and then own that much in bonds, or subtract your age from 120 and own that age in bonds. So with those other rules, instead of owning 31% of my portfolio in bonds, I would either own 21% or 11% of my portfolio in bonds. Some will also argue that if you are pretty darn young and investing quite a bit, you may not actually have to own any bonds in your portfolio if you want to be more aggressive and can stomach or tolerate large dips in the stock market, such as what happened during the COVID pandemic. It was quite amazing to see so many thousands of dollars in my 401k just disappear within a few weeks. But interestingly enough, I had fortunately been learning about financial independence for almost a year prior to that. So I knew to stay the course, so to speak, which means keep investing my money and especially not sell my stocks 
in my 401k at an all-time low because if you sell when it's low, that means you are realizing the losses, which means that you've locked them in, so to speak. But because I knew to just give it time, let it rebound with time, the market eventually came up and it went up and up and up, which was great last year. This year so far, it has been somewhat on the stagnant side, but that's normal with the stock market. So if you, during the COVID pandemic at the beginning of it in March 2020, saw the market drop and you panic selled, meaning that you were in an absolute panic and you felt like you had to sell off because you're worried that the market was going to drop lower and it just gives you so much stress and so much anxiety to worry about it. Perhaps you need to have bonds and perhaps you need to have a fair amount of bonds in your portfolio to help relieve some of that stress for you. Additionally, with these rules of thumb, you can recognize and see that as you age, as you have some birthdays, so to speak, you likely should have more and more bonds in your portfolio. And the reason why for those is because of wealth preservation. So when you are relatively a young PA, you're trying to build wealth, right? So a lot of you might be a little bit more on the aggressive side. So you might try to be aggressively building your wealth with time. Well, once you are a little bit older, perhaps, depends upon everyone's version of age, but maybe in their 60s, 70s, you know, definitely like 80s, 90s, all those ages, you're really trying to preserve your wealth, right? So you do not want to have a ton of stocks in your portfolio because if the market does take a nosedive, you could lose a lot of your money and you may or may not be so fortunate to have the benefit of time to just let the market do its thing and eventually come back with time, right? So that's why it's really important once you start getting in the middle age range, whatever that is to you, especially that you really consider having bonds in your portfolio and deciding the amount of bonds that you feel comfortable with. So there are several different types of bonds out there, but one of the current most popular types of bonds is something called an I-bond. I-bonds are bonds from the federal government of the United States. So because it's from the federal government, I-bonds are usually considered a very safe investment because it's very unlikely that the government would default on a loan. If you were to consider investing in bonds of companies, for example, it's possible that the company or even a small city, if you were to invest in a city, if they don't have good structure, then it's possible that they could default on a bond as well. And the time that it takes for the loan to be due, so to speak, and your interest to have been paid by whoever you're lending the money to for the bond is called the maturity. And so for I-bonds, they mature over the course of 30 years. But you could cash out I-bonds sooner, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I-bonds are really unique because they actually help prevent and protect against inflation because the interest that is paid rises when inflation rises. And the inflation in case you haven't been aware lately, has unfortunately been rising. 
and there can be several causes for inflation climbing with time, but you've likely noticed how the cost of many things, such as groceries, cars, etc., have been quite a bit higher lately. I-bonds currently are paying out 7.12%, which is a pretty decent interest rate to get back on your money. Many, quote, high-yield savings interest rates are way lower than that. I would venture to say all of them are lower than that. But also keep in mind that 7.12% would be considered low if it were in the stock market, right? So again, if you were considering I-bonds, it would be to have some money conservatively invested where you're gaining some interest, but that the value won't dip down to where you lose it all. The value does adjust with inflation though, and it's set twice a year. So the current 7.12% is between November 2021 and April 2022. And then in April, the government would reassess the situation, so to speak, and then adjust the interest rate of the I-bond again. So it's possible it could dip if inflation gets better by April, but it's somewhat doubtful that it would get much better by April at least. Although we don't know, right? No one has a crystal ball. So most investors can contribute up to $10,000 in I-bonds per year. So some were mindful of this and contributed $10,000 in either November or December of 2021 and then another $10,000 right away at the beginning of the year to lock in that 7.12% for a total of $20,000. However, you can also contribute an additional $5,000 from your tax return if you're interested in that. So it could technically be up to $15,000. I do believe that I read that it's per tax return, so not per person necessarily. So just a Double check on that if you're interested in contributing more. So I-bonds can be a pretty good hedge against inflation, meaning protecting you somewhat against inflation with your cash so that your cash isn't just sitting in the bank and literally depreciating in value with time. But let's talk about some cons of I-bonds. So I-bonds aren't incredibly flexible because you are locked into the purchase for at least one year. So once you have purchased an I-bond, you cannot withdraw it for at least a year. Then if after a year, but before five years, you decide to take the money out, you will actually forfeit three months worth of interest. So you are somewhat penalized if you don't leave the money in the bond invested for at least five years. One of the somewhat cool things about I-bonds is that they are exempt from taxes both locally as well as state. However, you do have to pay federal taxes on it, which is kind of ironic because the government's giving you the interest money and then of course you're going to be taxed on it later. So that's just, you know, just an aside on that. But (laughs) depending on the situation, I-bonds could potentially be tax exempt if they're used for various qualifying higher educational endeavors. Now, 529 plans are great for college saving accounts as well, but if you are in the fortunate scenario where you have extra funds to invest, maybe you want to consider I-bonds. 529s may have some more tax benefits, though, than I-bonds. It depends upon the state and all of that, so you definitely want to look into what situation would be best for you. 
So what do you think? Do you think I-bonds are something that you're interested in? Do you feel as though the money that you can invest in I-bonds is worth your time? Because I-bonds are a hedge against inflation, they seem like one of the more promising types of bonds out there, which is pretty cool. But it's definitely something that you personally have to decide if it's something that you want to invest in. I would love to hear feedback about bonds or I-bonds. You can message me on social media, whether it's through Instagram at PAFIWay or through the Facebook page PAFIWay or even the private Facebook group if you want to join it as well, because I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you are interested in purchasing I-bonds, I will actually include a link to an article that the White Coat Investor wrote recently called How to Open an Account at Treasury Direct to Buy I-Bonds. And so he actually has snippets or pictures of each step that you would click on online if you were wanting to purchase I-Bonds. I personally haven't purchased I-Bonds yet, but it's definitely something to consider. My mom said that she purchased them at the end of last year and probably will purchase some this year as well because she is 70, is retired, recently sold her home and has some extra funds lying around. And so instead of just having the money sit in her checking account, she decided to at least get some interest in a relatively conservative investment and purchase some of these I-bonds. So I think that's pretty interesting. I hope you found this episode helpful about both bonds and I-bonds in general. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to take a listen to today's episode. And I look forward to seeing you back same time, same place next week. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.